Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. Again, I want to welcome everybody back. Uh, I want to start with expressing my gratitude to you for listening and for coming back. You know, a podcast like this is really nothing without somebody listening. I hope that you're going to take the time out of your schedule to share this podcast with friends and family and to get the message out there that you're not alone. Feelings don't make you crazy. They just make you human. We're all in this together. Now, I know it's been a while since I've dropped an episode. Things have just been kind of busy in my private practice and just in my life. But I'm really glad to be back, and I'm really glad to get back on track with dropping episodes more regularly. I'm just glad to have that message out there. You know, I know that today the world looks like a scary and confusing place for many of us. We're anxious about shortages, gas prices, war, leadership, health issues. If it's not one thing, it's another. You name it, and it's there. But are these things really new? Haven't we as a species always struggled with something? Well, frankly, yes. There's always been something going on, and there will always be something happening down the road. We were never promised a life without trial and tribulations. There will be problems. I'm just grateful that we're designed as problem solvers. You know, I was talking with my son the other day, and I told him that this is an interesting time. I truly believe this will be the time for growth and opportunity. The psychologist Carl Rogers once said, when I look at the world, I am a pessimist. But when I look at people, I am an optimist. This will be a time that people can really shine. It's an opportunity to see the best of people. New millionaires, new processes, things will be created. However, it depends on your way of thinking. Many people will get caught up in the fear and respond accordingly with a fight, fight, or freeze response. But others will see the opportunity to create, create something new, redefine business practices, explore alternative resources, create new procedures and new products, invest in something new. The only question we have to ask ourselves is, which one will I be? This is where self-awareness is key. This is where we see the importance of knowing ourselves and our abilities as a human being. Remember, it's not about what happens to you that defines you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Today's session is about something similar, but kind of different. You ever been in a relationship with struggles? Well, of course you have. If you're human, you've been in one. No matter what the relationship, it's likely you will experience some form of struggle. It's the one constant in every relationship. It happens even in the healthiest of relationships. It happens. What's important is how you handle it when it does. But before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop the skills to lead the life you want. If you're considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. If you're interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you're interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, then contact the providers at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services, HealthPoint is a collaboration of independent professionals who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's HealthPoint Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. 
Call today to inquire about services, providers, or book an appointment at area code 318-998-2700. Well, it's that time again, so pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. If you can recall, I've mentioned in previous episodes that I believe we are designed to be relational in nature. Relationships are an everyday part of our life. You have relationships with all kinds of people. You have relationships with your pets. Believe it or not, you even have relationships with your belongings, but that's an entirely different episode. My point is that we all have relationships, even when we try not to have them. It's a fact of life. So what I think is so interesting is that despite the fact that we are designed to have them, and we do have them, why do we oftentimes suck at them? Yeah. I said it. Most of us struggle with navigating the most natural thing we are designed to do, relate to other human beings. It's fascinating to me how quickly we can screw them up. So why do we do it? Well, many people would respond with the same answer. It's simply because we're lacking the skills needed to connect. We are unaware of the metrics that drive our relationships or what the relationship is based upon in our life. Or we simply don't know how to be genuine. Well, you know, these all seem like accurate responses to me. I often sum it up with our human tendency to complicate things. It's not rocket science. It's relationship. However, I do strongly believe it has more to do with what we attach to the specific relationship. I mean, think about it. Have you ever noticed how easily you can navigate your relational interactions with strangers But your ability to form a sentence or establish a boundary seems lost when you're dealing with those people closest to you. What changed? You are biologically the exact same person in each scenario. It's not like you walk through some transmogrifier that changes you at a cellular level when you walk through the front door. Now, for those of you not familiar with the term transmogrifier, it's a shout out to my favorite comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin created a transmogrifier from a cardboard box in order to change himself into whatever he could imagine. It was such a wonderful comic, and Watterson, the creator, was ahead of his time. Watching the relationship between a boy and his stuffed tiger was awesome. It was simple, not complicated. Perhaps things don't get complicated until we get older and become more wise and mature. That's when we screw things up. What makes relationships complicated for you? I often ask this question to many of my clients, or they come in with this as a presenting problem. My kids don't talk to me. My boyfriend cheated on me. My parents are constantly on my back about things, or my wife just doesn't understand me. All of these are relational in nature. Now, granted, many of these relationships may be complicated by other factors, but unfortunately, without a healthy understanding of relational dynamics, you may never get to address the other factors. I want to go back to the example I started earlier. What's the difference between navigating relationships in one area versus another? At work, you may be confident, direct, and clear, but in other areas of your life, you can't set a boundary to save your life. In some areas, you're the communication guru, insightful, open, respectful, and kind. But in others, you are tongue-tied and bound up, judgmental, and guarded. Why? What's the difference in those areas? Have you ever stopped to explore that? Well, I'll tell you what I think. We make each area different 
by our expectations and what we attach to those relationships. At work, you may realize that you have to explain things clearly and concisely to a coworker in order to get a job completed on time. However, at home, we may be expecting family members to know what we mean without saying a word. After all, we've been married for 20 years. Well, how's that work out for you? It's unlikely that it has a consistently favorable outcome. Now, the key word is consistent. I mean, even a blind squirrel will find a nut every once in a while. So I figure a family member or a loved one may guess your desire right once in a while. Perhaps we should reflect more often on what expectations we're attaching to relationships. And why is it that we expect so much less from strangers and coworkers, which then affords them the best of us? Then we go home and we treat the people closest to us like crap. I mean, seriously, it amazes me and we all do it. If you're a parent or a teenager, how many times have you been told by somebody at their school or in the community how your child has wonderful manners? Then you find yourself asking, where's that kid at my house? Or even with husbands and wives, how your partner may be praised for being patient and kind, always willing to help. But you wonder why you can't get them off the couch. It's amazing, but true. So what's it all about? You know, a common response I get is that we're being genuine at home. We feel safe to be real. Well, that would mean that the real you is lazy and unkind, and all that positive stuff that people see is not authentic. Really? Is that the answer you really want to go with? I think not. Perhaps it has to do with the idea that family forgives or family accepts. Well, even in that context, it still kind of stinks that we would give them less than a stranger. Do we not expect coworkers to forgive us or accept us? Now, let me pause for a moment. Some of you may think that this doesn't apply to you. Perhaps you think you're nice at home to your loved ones and to your friends. Perhaps you are. Who am I to judge? The only people actually qualified to answer that question would be your family and friends. A desire for self-awareness would only lead us to ask the question to them. However, I still think my point is valid. Perhaps it's about determining if you're the giver or the receiver in this scenario. Again, no judgment. This is about exploring issues attached to our ability to have authentic, genuine relationships. I believe those expectations that often drive our relationships are likely subconscious, so we may not even be aware of them. For example, I've always considered myself sort of an enlightened male. I'm not a husband that desires my wife to have dinner on the table when I arrive home or meet me at the door with a drink in hand. After all, it's not the 1950s. I am married to an independent, professional woman. She works hard every day to help other people, and she's great at it. She's just as busy as me, maybe even more busy. So, this being said, I was confused in the past by her frustration and anxiety about preparing dinner. She would tell me how tired she was, how she just couldn't figure out what to cook, and despite my efforts to offer encouragement, and to tell her it wasn't an issue, that it didn't matter, she just didn't seem to find this helpful. Somewhere, she was getting an indication that it did matter. I would like to say that it was her subconscious beliefs or expectations about roles in a relationship that was driving her reactions, and perhaps it was. However, I came to the realization it was me. I realized one day as I was leaving my office around 6.30, 
the first person that I call as I get in my car is my wife. And the first thing I ask about is, you guessed it, what's for dinner? I was shocked. I had no idea that I did this on a regular basis. How long have I been priming her brain that I was expecting dinner? I mean, after all, I was asking her as if it was her responsibility. I offered no suggestions, and I guess I just assumed she was thinking about it, which then I realized was placing responsibility on her for dinner, therefore creating stress. I couldn't believe it. Perhaps it was an expectation that I had after all. Now, as I reflected on this thought, I came to the realization that my mother was a stay-at-home mom. She always had dinner or lunch planned. It wasn't really something I consciously thought about. It just happened. I can even recall coming in many times and asking my mother, hey, what's for dinner? Now, isn't it interesting how these events or memories can lead to developing subconscious beliefs or expectations that play out in our current life or our current relationships? So despite the fact that I still consider myself an enlightened male and self-aware, I need to make a change for my relationship. I still find myself discussing dinner with my wife on the drive home, but it only comes after I say, hey, beautiful, how was your day? I like to think that it made a difference, and I'm pretty sure she would agree. Another interesting fact about relationships and expectations is that we often expect ourselves of other people. Unfortunately, we're often disappointed in these interactions. How many times have you found yourself saying, I just can't believe they did that. I would never do that to them. That's you placing the expectation you have of self onto others. And unmet expectations always leads to hurt feelings, anger, resentment, and disappointment, which then complicates any relationship. Unspoken and unclear expectations in our relationships will always lead to conflict in some manner. We realize this in many of our work relationships, but we tend to forget it with those closest to us, especially in a friendship or a romantic setting. Perhaps we think that it's too much like work and it should be easier. Well, sorry to tell you, but any relationship is work. Perhaps that's the core belief that leads to our relational self-sabotage. We think it's not supposed to be work. If any therapist ever tells you relationships are not work, then I strongly encourage you to find another therapist. It is definitely work, despite the fact that we are designed to be relational. Just because something is designed to work a certain way doesn't always mean we know how to work it. It's like getting the latest technological advancement in phones as a gift, and you only use it to make calls. It's designed to do so much more, but that would require learning something new. The phone in my pocket and the watch on my wrist can do so much to help me organize my life, accomplish tasks, stay focused, be healthy, and productive. I mean, it was designed to make life easier, right? But without taking the time to learn something new, read books that come with it, and practice using the many apps I've downloaded, I fall short. Our relationships can be that way as well. We're designed to be relational But without investing in strategies to strengthen our connections, communicate and recognize our own internal expectations, we might just be missing the opportunity to expand our relationships to their full potential. It's so interesting to me how people will invest so much time and energy into a hobby. Take, for instance, a golfer or a hunter. 
They will take classes, study a swing, practice hours on the course. They even learn a new language like bogey or eagle. Hunters as well. Hours of preparation, scouting, cleaning up, gearing up. We'll even attend clinics and workshops on how to be better at our hobbies. I get it. It's an investment. Imagine if we put that much effort into building better relationships, like attending a workshop on better communication with your spouse or your kids. Just think of how investing in learning to strengthen relationships could make you a better human being and impact every aspect of your life. It's an interesting perspective, don't you think? So what makes a healthy relationship? Despite the fact that relationships are a natural part of our life, each relationship can be unique and special because we connect in different ways, but we often share common goals of what we're seeking and where we want a relationship to go. The important thing is to be clear with your expectations. Remember, clarity is kindness. Clear, concise communication is a key part of every healthy relationship. When both people know what's expected and they feel comfortable with expressing their needs and concerns, it will strengthen your connection and develop trust. However, this requires vulnerability, and many people view vulnerability as a weakness. The world has taught us this, and it's incorrect. To be vulnerable with someone is the only way we can actually connect. It's always important to note that vulnerability and disclosure are not the same thing. Disclosing your colonoscopy on Instagram is not vulnerability. It's too much information and just wrong. Vulnerability is nurtured and developed in relationships. Much like planting a seed in a styrofoam cup as a kid, it required water, sunshine, and care before it started to burst forth from the dirt. Then it required more care, a larger space, and fertilizer before it ever became fruit-bearing. We should take our lead from the seed and allow things to grow. If you give the seed in the cup too much water too often, it can drown it and kill it, much like disclosing too much too soon in a relationship. I often encourage people to spend face-to-face time with each other. Find something that you enjoy doing together or try something new. Focus on having fun. Some of my greatest friendships were developed while engaging in fun activities and learning something new. Nothing bonds you with a friend more like making mistakes, learning something new, and cleaning up a mess together. It's also extremely important to be a good listener. Many people listen with an intent to respond and not an intention to understand. In other words, when we focus on preparing our response and we miss out on what somebody else is really trying to tell us, it's really not that complicated. If I truly listen and understand, well, then the response will come naturally. You don't have to prepare it. Another helpful tip to strengthen your relationships is to value compromise over competition. Relationships are not about winning or losing. I mean, what do you get if you win anyway? Hurt feelings, your way? Loss of connections? A trophy? Maybe I get a t-shirt that says, I'm the winner in every relationship. Then everybody will see it and likely stay away from being in a relationship with me. If you're expecting to have it your way all the time, then the relationship is limited and you will be disappointed. Healthy relationships are built on compromise. You must recognize the value in others, even 
if you disagree with it. You bring something to the table, or why would you be in the relationship with that person in the first place? This applies for both people in the relationship. It's important for others to see the value in you as well. An inability to recognize the value in each other will only lead to resentments and anger. Finally, I believe you must understand that all relationships will have their ups and downs. Be ready for that. Realize it's a natural part of developing relationships of any kind. Accepting this early on can free you up to navigate it when it happens. Having a struggle, a disagreement, or a conflict is part of the process. It's what you do with it that determines the strength of your connection and your relationship. Well, it seems we've reached the end of our session today. I want to thank you each for listening, and I encourage you to keep coming back. Now, as you move forward this week, take a moment to reflect on your relationships and friendships. Are you clear about your expectations and what kind of relationship you want to create? Are you even aware that you have any expectations? If your relationships are not where you would like them to be, well, then create something new. You can do it. You're worth it. Today, I want to leave you with a quote from Socrates. The unexamined life is not worth living. One more by Confucius. By three methods may we learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second, by imitation, which is the easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. Remember, folks, you are not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Please subscribe and follow me on whatever format you use to listen to your podcast, and please take a moment to leave a review. These matter more than you may know, and they allow us to improve or adjust the show as needed. Let me know what you think, and take a minute to share an episode with a friend or a family member. I really want to get that message out there this year that you are not alone. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, well, then you can email them directly to calvin at calvincwilliamslpc.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. Or you can even check out my website at www.calvincwilliamslpc.com. Or if you'd like to schedule a therapy session with me, then contact us at HealthPoint Center at area code 318-998-2700. I always look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, and questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, folks, there's always room for you on the Counselor's Couch.